2: That's texting, friends. Yeah. Uh, texting, we're on. We're freaking. He's not even texting. He's on. I can see what he's doing. let he's yeah, no,
0: we, we have any reviews. He's we, not on the brain. The things like we've been getting thing. a bunch of new five stars, but just no.
1: We got to get more written reviews, people. We love you, but we need more written reviews. I mean, we'll take the five stars too. It helps us. Yeah, get Yeah.
2: Don't we not want to read the written reviews out anymore? Oh yeah, because we want our patrons. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Speaking okay. of which, speaking of which, what's up, Bogglers? What are they? <laughs> what do we call them again? The the neurons. I don't know, ne- man. Neurons, yeah. Neurons is now a. Make sure uh, we're going to do a quick plug for our Patreon before we get into this episode. So go check out our patron. Patreon. Our Patreon. Patreon. If you, you Be become a patron. patron. You can become a patron on Patreon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's pretty cool. We got some great perks. We've got some really cool tape t-shirts. Popping
2: perks. No, we're not doing
1: that. We've got uh, shout outs on the show. And bonus apps. I mean, come on, oh, bonus, bonus apps. apps, and that's
0: like the cheapest tier. You yeah, that's right. More for a dollar a month. You get yeah. a bonus app.
1: You can go right now and listen to two of our bonus apps mm. that we have already out. Yeah, yeah. Interstellar. Yep, yeah. and uh was Zodiac, yeah. Zodiac okay. Extended Zodiac. So oh. yeah, go check those out. Yeah. And, uh I think we should get right into today's episode because it's a beefy one, boys. Okay. Uh, oh, it's a beefer. It's a beefer. All right. It's well, up. in any case I'm your, uh, I'm your. Uh,
2: Wait, no, I'll go, I'll go last, I'll go last,
1: I'll go last. Okay, okay, I'll start. I'm your uh, Baja Blast B, <laughs> Bobby.
2: Yeah, and I am your Bug Juice B, Brent. <laughs> and I am your Jonestown J, yeah. Jack. So, Why Jonestown, Jack? Oh, I don't know, Bobby, because we're talking about Jonestown today. We, we are.
1: So ha- have you boys ever heard of the phrase uh don't drink the Kool-Aid. No, it's they all drink the Kool-Aid is the phrase. Oh, is it? Yeah. Or you're drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah. You don't drink the Kool-Aid. I, yeah. I've seen that don't one Don't drink the before. Kool-Aid is
2: probably... I've always heard they all drink the Kool-Aid. My
1: mom mm. says that a lot. Or they like drink the kool Or like you're telling someone if you're, you know, too involved in something, hey, man, you're drinking the Kool-Aid there. Yeah. Uh, so basically, this is from a tragic story which ends with the death of over 900 people in the largest mass suicide in recorded history, known as the Jonestown massacre. Fun. This is going to be a fun one, folks. Buckle yes. up. This is a dark story. Um it's a really interesting story though. And it, it's uh it's kind of crazy how how much of a wacky turn it takes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it starts Why are you
2: calling it a wacky? It's turn? a wacky turn
1: because it starts off so humble and like not dark and then just and then ends hijinks
0: ensue, and
2: everyone dies. <laughs> you know, those crazy, wacky hijinks. Yeah, so, then, what do you, what
1: do you, the you guys sound effects?
0: <laughs> oh my god, this, <laughs> is, horrible. And then this is everyone's horrible. dead at the end of it.
1: <laughs> what do you, what do you guys know about the Jonestown Massacre? Sort of like from a initial, I know a lot actually. Yeah. Do you,
0: yeah? I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I'm kind of in the same boat too. I've actually, uh, scene of something some things on this one i was actually just recently there's this new netflix show called explained oh yes that show looks really good it's fun it's well fun it's a very interesting show yeah. they like really dive into stuff and one of the ones they d- dove into is sort of like cults yeah. and stuff and like the, the, the sort of like mindset of like cult followers and cult leaders and stuff and one of the ones they talked about in that was Jonestown mm. and um uh,
1: jim jones and all that so yeah very interesting yeah. stuff yeah, it's a very it's a very strange story. So, I think we should start at the very beginning really? of the story. Yeah, I it's kind not like Tarantino and start in the middle. Not at the end. <laughs> we'll start in the future, go backwards. So, basically the story starts at in Indianapolis actually, weirdly enough, at the People's well, Temple. Why why is that weird? Well, because they they ended up most people know the People's Temple as being in San Francisco which is where it was, like, gained its larger following. But it started in Indianapolis, and not mm. a lot of people know that. Indianapolis. So the People's Temple was an American religious movement founded in 1955 by a man named Jim Jones in Indianapolis. Jim Jonah Jameson. <laughs> J- Whoa. Oh, that scared me. <laughs> Brent's – Brent's how <laughs> I'm assisting button, Bobby, with the mic. <laughs> Brent's, uh, Brent's mic. What's it called? Mike Audio- Discipline. Mike Discipline. Discipline is so good that it's, it's rubbing it off on Bobby's me. Bobby's reading by me moving your mic stand when you weren't looking. So, <laughs> so Jones used the People's Temple to spread a message that combined elements of Christianity with communist and socialist ideology oh, with a huge emphasis on racial equality. Damn commie.
0: Yeah, damn was, um, racial yeah. equality. He was African-American,
1: right? No, he no. was actually white. Oh.
0: He was a white man. I yes. He was. A little bit of a savior complex, as we'll come to find. Yes. So white basically the People's Person?
1: Temple was this religious group that was like mainly Christian, started off in Indianapolis, and then in the 1960s, they established several locations throughout California, including its main headquarters in San Francisco. So at its peak, the temple boasted 20,000 members. That's a huge cult. It's a big cult, but mm. the researchers think that it was more likely that it was like 5,000. They just kind of tried to like hype it up a little bit. Yeah, Hype it up. Hype it up. Okay. So there at the time, there was a lot of strife going on in America. Mm. Um, so the Vietnam War was at its peak. Uh, there were a lot of political assassinations at the time, namely JFK, Martin Luther King, robert kennedy malcolm x and so shit yes you know it's i don't know why it just occurred to me now it's like wow that's a lot of fucking huge people
0: that, really close right. together yeah yeah and somehow like in my mind it never like kind of like connected like how crazy that like imagine yeah. now like four of like the biggest like yeah. figures that
1: we all know of just like getting shot yeah, killed, yeah like, that's absurd close it's tensions were high. one
2: including the the president <laughs> yeah yeah right
1: who was I'm, very beloved at the time you
0: know? yeah, yeah. i don't know sorry that's just well, like no, just yeah, absurd. something I mean, in like, that moment robert, just, it just struck me robert robert
2: kennedy's was like wasn't it like only days it was either days after or before um martin luther king
0: yeah, yeah his, they were they were close together for sure um yeah yeah
2: but it, that's Oof. wild dude yeah there was
1: a lot going on at the time including like you know civil rights marches and and All these just Mm. big, big things happening. So there was a lot of sort of, you know, tension in the country. And Jim Jones was a huge advocate for desegregation, socialism, and equality. So like... Okay, good stuff so far. You know, giving people things that they couldn't have. Yeah, power to the people. Power to the people. Making the the people of color feel equal Mm -hmm. was a very rare thing at this time. And he was sort of a huge advocate for that. So he became really kind of powerful in this community because a lot of people looked up to him and were like, oh my God, this, this man is preaching the right stuff. Mm-hmm. So in San Francisco. <laughs> he just looks so goofy. I'm sorry. He does look very, he kind of looks like Elvis.
0: Um, this is kind of weird for me to say, but he kind of looks like my Pepe.
1: Really? A little bit. Really? <laughs>
0: Kinda, in this particular picture, except I've never seen him stand like, like this, <laughs> but uh, well, you'll see that on the Patreon. With the jet yeah. black that hair out. and the glasses. To be a yeah. Patron.
1: But um, yeah. So he became a very powerful figure in San Francisco. He uh, he curried favor with public officials in the media, donated money to numerous charitable causes, and delivered votes for various politicians at election time that kind of leaned left. So, you know, at the time, people were felt like the government was starting to you know, feel a little bit suspicious and that they weren't treating the people fairly. So, you know, he helped people get an office that were for the people. So he had a lot of programs that helped the needy, including free dining hall, uh, drug rehabilitation and legal aid services. So Jones message of social equality and racial justice attracted a huge, diverse group of followers including a lot of idealistic young people who wanted to do something meaningful with their lives. So that's kind of where you get a lot of the, you know, the, the people who are really ready to go and, and sort of take action to help social causes. So here I have a clip of, uh, one of the things that Jones used to do that was kind of the first sort of sign of sketchiness. But a lot of these people who are followers didn't know this at the time so he claimed to have powers of healing, mm. which is sort of common in some, you know, reverends out there like, oh, it's God can in, heal you.
2: It's common in evangelists
1: today. Yeah. So, yeah. but, but these events, That's a red flag. so he would, he would, he would stage these healing events yeah. during his sort of like sermons. And so I have a clip here that starts at two minutes if you want to play it, Brent.
2: Uh, play uh, Brent. Play the clip. Brent, play the clip, uh, and uh, we'll let you guys hear it at home. Brent, play the clip.
1: Basically, this is a clip of Jim Jones claiming to heal one of his followers,
3: Sister Ingram. You're concerned about the losing, the losing of your sight. You're not able to see me clearly things just blur to you. You have to stumble around lately through crowds and are not able to see even people's faces close up to you clearly. That's true. You've told me nothing about your condition. No, I haven't. Give that little sweetheart a little bit of love. Thank you, baby. Peace. Now Take your glasses off. Just just dare in our face. We've seen Sister Brown here who was blind, totally healed. saw one of our sisters blind from her childhood. It could be hysterical blindness, whatever. We're not concerned. she was blind and could not see. Now, look at my face. I'm going to hold up some fingers. You concentrate hard. I love you. The people love you. And most importantly, Christ loves you. What do you see? How many fingers?
1: Three. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that was uh, that was Jim Jones basically claiming to heal. That was really weird um, right.
2: because the other thing that was super weird was like which I'll, I'll post that clip on the patreon too but like um it was stabilized on his face for some reason yeah did you notice
0: that oh yeah like, yeah I the did. weird warp stabilizing yeah, it, would,
2: it would like it would warp the edges and everything because it was it was stabilized on his face and so it yeah. was like this weird like out of body experience
0: when right. i'm watching it yeah and also i was just like it's weirdly edited so like yeah. yeah, you there's could like, see like, part like B-roll. Of me. i just like wondering, like, did that actually happen or does it cut to make it seem like, you know, he's healing this woman when, you know, yeah. they're just like, because they don't, they never show him actually holding his fingers up. So we don't yeah. see how many fingers he's holding up.
1: Yeah. Right. It, there's clips of people clapping where you can't hear the clapping and yeah, stuff. Yeah. It
0: didn't look like. She was talking
2: sometimes. when mm. like, like, she would cover her mouth and then talk sometimes. The, the, o- the OG
0: deep fakes.
1: Yeah. yeah, dude. It's it almost weird. seemed
0: to me like, yeah, like this whole thing was sort of staged. Because, yeah. like, and even the parts that are filmed of just him, it's like filmed in a way where you can only really see him. Yeah. You can't see the audience around right. him or, yeah. Right. It's yeah. pretty well
1: known that these events were, were staged. He, okay. He, there's a lot of videos of him actually healing people on YouTube. Uh, one of them is him healing like a woman with a broken leg Mm. with a cast on her leg. And he take, they take the cast off and he's like, now run. Mm. And she starts running and everyone's cheering. And it's like, these events were staged. Um, so basically as he grew more popular, he started to preach less and less about the Bible and more and more about social activism. He called himself a prophet and a savior who would protect his followers and his devoted followers would call him father. So, you know, as the church grew, many people started to give him things like their paychecks and, you know, possessions, their homes. Mm -hmm. They devoted a lot to this cause. So, yeah, it was pretty, pretty strange. And Brent, I know you had said something about him uh, maybe being jealous of, like, Martin Luther King.
0: Yeah, so kind of an interesting aspect of, I mean... With this guy and his, you know, involvement with, you know, desegregation and you know the civil rights movement was that he was sort of like an early comer to this movement, you know, trying to get things moving in that direction. But I believe you know you're more researched on this, Bobby, so you'll be able to correct me, hopefully. But um, I know at a certain point in time, like he's sort of like left back and forth from the U.S. and went to uh, some other places. Mm -hmm. And um, during one of these absences was sort of like when the rise of, you know, other, the more famous, you know, sort of uh, civil rights figures that we know now, Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X, you know, all these people who like we kind of now associate with the civil rights movement sort of filled that void like Mm -hmm. when he left and sort of became the more prominent faces of the movement and stuff and sort of gains, you know, that attention and like focus for
1: the movement and i think it It, helped for them that they were actually people of color right as opposed to jim jones who was just some white guy but
0: as a result jim jones like like, was really kind of pissed about this that like all of a sudden everyone like was like giving all this love and attention to these other figures maybe he was like but her like but i was trying to save the black people yeah i was their savior like this huge sort of like white man savior complex and like right this like kind of like soured him a little bit so instead of actually
1: Caring it was about, more about the movement himself, it more yeah. about the
0: praise and being this sort of messianic figure more than like actually good helping word. people. Yes, hey, <laughs> Brent. Honestly, Jack, thank you so much. You know, <laughs> people don't give me enough credit for my SAT prep words. Yeah, you got some good vocab there, Bran. Yeah, it's very
1: true. It's very yeah, true. I'm,
0: I get, you know, I get very vociferous about <laughs> my vocabulary. Sorry,
1: <laughs> okay, so basically, all is kind of fine and dandy at this point for Jim Jones, you know. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah, he he gets a little bit salty whenever, you know, other people are kind of uh, taking his praise, mm-hmm. but things were pretty good until this point. It all started to change in 1973 when Lester Kinsolving, an editor for the San Francisco Examiner, wrote an eight-part series of articles which documented allegations of physical abuse, sexual abuse, mind control tactics, and forced druggings by the People's Temple. So... I have here uh, one of the articles, one of the head article titles, which is why Jim Jones should be investigated. So Jones prepared an emergency contingency plan for responding to the police or a media crackdown. So this is where he started to come up with these grand schemes that were sort of odd. So he had a couple of different plans if, you know, the media caught what he was doing or if the police decided to raid his, you know, the people's temple and get to the truth Mm. of the bad things he was doing there. So one of the plans was fleeing to Canada. And one of the other ones was fleeing to a Caribbean missionary post, such as Barbados or Trinidad. So for its Caribbean missionary post, the temple quickly chose uh, Guyana. And in 1976, Guyana, finally approved the lease of over 3,000 acres of land Dang. for Jones to build his own commune, which was called Jonestown. Right, yeah. So, basically, he felt a lot of pressure from the U.S. that, you know, he, he wasn't liking the way that they treated him. He didn't like the inequality. So he's like, I'm going to build my own Social socialist paradise in the middle of the jungle. <laughs> yeah, okay. So nineteen seventy two Yes, as you do, right? I mean, so- let's see,
0: who hasn't tried to build their own socialist paradise <laughs> in the middle of the jungle of Guyana or whatever? Yeah, Guyana, Guyana. So Guyana, basically, like, yeah, you this, can this see, this we have is, a map.
2: This is literally like the backstory of a Far Cry villain. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> what's, that, what's that, four or five? Um, It's more similar to... Five. Five is the dude in America who like has his own compound. Montana, Montana, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So
1: for those of you guys who don't know where Guyana is located, it's kind of like north of Brazil in South America. Come to Brazil. So in nineteen seventy seven, Jones and five hundred members of the People's Church. Sorry, I love that. I love that
2: meme. It's
1: so good. <laughs> so um, let me redo that because that was that was I messed up. So in 1977, Jones and 500 members of the People's Temple left San Francisco for Guyana to begin the construction of Jonestown. Back in the states, the temple encouraged more to relocate to the settlement. So remember, we talked about all these young impressionable people mm-hmm. who are now being encouraged to to flee to this paradise. Yeah. Kind of, which kind of ended up being a one-way trip. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and something to boop bop bop
0: Whatever oh my What's that, God. Block Island? <laughs> yeah, Block Island Ferry I Come with
1: it. me to the Block Island Ferry Why is it
0: so Caribbean sounding? It's literally like in fucking like the, Rhode Island It's the Caribbean paradise of the Of, of Rhode Island <laughs> What are you talking about? You've never heard those ads before? The Block Island ads? Come with to Block Island know where, I don't know where
1: Block Island is Block Island is south of Rhode Island mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's like this Island paradise where you can go like scuba diving. Island paradise. It's like
2: like also south of Rhode Island. Yeah, Yeah, it's like a
1: it's a shittier Nantucket, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so Jones Jones saw Jonestown as both a socialist paradise and a sanctuary from the media scrutiny. Jones wanted to construct this model community for the rest of the world to look at and sort of be like, oh wow, socialism works and equality is possible. So.
0: Anything is possible!
1: (laughs) So many members of the temple believed that Guyana would be a paradise or a utopia. But once Jones arrived, Jonestown life significantly changed. School study for the 300 children living there and nighttime lectures for adults turned into Jones discussions about how revolution and enemies were sort of coming for them. And he would uh, focus lessons on their Soviet alliances. So at the time, you know, Russia was one of them that they had talked about, you know, fleeing there. Um, And why
0: can't we just have the socialism without the dictatorship attached to it, you know? Well...
2: (laughs) as any uh edgy high school boy can tell you in the okay. communist manifesto <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, there are steps to communism mm-hmm. i only know this cuz i had a friend in high school who was right. communist
0: well you know um, why does the com- why do we even need the communism with the socialism though well yeah. cuz i don't know they're almost they're similar but yeah. one of
2: the steps <laughs> is like a dictator needs to like establish it and then the final step is the dictator stepping down
0: oh yeah i see that's where and, that's where you, so, you go wrong there and my so boy. That's, yeah.
2: That doesn't usually happen. Yeah. yeah. Once like, you get a taste for power. Yeah. Cause they're like, wait a second. I
1: don't want to step down. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, Jones was sort of that dictator. And this is uh, the point where his health significantly started to decline in 1978. Uh, so Jones was informed of a possible lung infection upon which he announced to his followers that he in fact had lung cancer. So people are now living in Jonestown you know, it's it's sort of this utopia yeah, wannabe. Look at, look at that utopia. Yeah, oh, look they, at all those construction trucks. Mm. Yeah, they literally built this, like, little town in the middle of the jungle. And you have to remember, this was not an easy place to access. You know, there was, like, an airstrip miles away that you would land in. And then they had caravans that would take you from the airstrip to the town. And they, they pretty much didn't let any visitors in unless you were going there to live there nice and it was interesting they you know jones's wife was very um very into the teaching there so she took care of a lot of the children his wife (laughs) (laughs) she was she was very interested in in you know advanced lessons for the kids and they they tried like different approaches to to teaching them and you know a lot of kids were actually born in jonestown too So there were a lot of infants there Uh, um, that that were born there and they were trying to like sort of use them as models for, you know, what life was, what growing up in Jonestown could be. Mm -hmm. So Jones was, as his health was declining, he started to get more and more paranoid, you know, about people trying to come into Jonestown and sort of end what they had going. So he had this thing called white night rehearsals. So over the speakers, basically while everyone was sleeping, he would uh he would make public addresses like white night, wait night and everyone would meet at the pavilion. And uh he would address the temple members regarding their safety, including statements that the CIA and other intelligence intelligence agencies were conspiring with capitalist pigs, quote unquote, to destroy the settlements and harm its inhabitants. Uh, Jones would sometimes give the Jonestown members four options, attempts to flee to the Soviet union, commit revolutionary suicide, stay in Jonestown and fight the attackers or flee to the jungle. And on at least two occasions during one of these white night addresses, uh, after a revolutionary suicide vote was reached, a simulated mass suicide was rehearsed. So Jones would give them drinks that he stated was poison And then they would drink it, only to realize that it was just a test afterwards. Weird. Yeah, so there were a couple times where this happened. That's Um, so... Oh, my God. Yeah, he would, like, really test
2: the... Wait, okay, so the White Knights were, like, fire drills. Basically. But they thought they were
1: real. The people thought they were real. Right. Like, I think it depended, because as, like, his health was getting worse and worse, he would actually do more and more of these White Knight addresses. So I'm, I'm assuming that some of them were drills and some of them were you know why faked.
2: do all of these cult leaders always come
1: down with some sort of terminal illness <laughs> mm. i mean maybe it's just a part of that type of personality you just get I really know, stressed what? out and your body's I, like I mean, maybe but like dang know. dude it's it's crazy because it's like, crazy
2: so many of them like end up having these freaking uh, uh terminal illnesses like right like the heaven's gate uh, the yes. the woman uh, yep. from Heaven's Gate had one. Um, I can't think of any more right now. <laughs> but That's you.
0: enough. One <laughs> example is enough.
2: Brent, listen. Theory <laughs> confirms.
1: <laughs> well, okay. So you might you guys might be thinking to yourselves, like, all right, things are not looking great for Jonestown. You know, the people clearly not everybody was into it at this point, um, and there were allegations that Jim Jones would, you know, like we said earlier. Uh, with the People's Temple back in San Francisco. He would forcibly drug people. He would try to mind control people, uh, sexually abuse and beat people. And this was all confirmed by his his son, Stephen Jones, Mm -hmm. later on. Like, all those things actually happened in Jonestown. So you might be thinking to yourself, why the heck didn't these people leave? You know? Why didn't everybody say, like, screw this, I'm going home. Because when you're in the middle of the jungle, where are you going to go? Yeah, well, there are a couple of different reasons for people staying. Um, One of the big ones is that Jim was really, really good at using fear as a motivator. So he really convinced these people that there was no other option. Um, Some of the examples of that are like, one, like Jack said, there's nowhere to go. You're in the middle of the jungle. You need, the only way out is to get through his guards who have guns. And, you know, they're like, Oh, you want to leave Jonestown? Well, you shouldn't. And what are they going to do? Um, And so once you do get out of there, you're miles and miles from anything, like any civilization. You don't have any phones. You can't call anyone. Uh, Another thing is that Jim would promote this utopia as being a safe haven for nuclear holocaust because it was so far away from the States and so far away from Russia, Uh... so far from anywhere where there's danger of being you know, under nuclear fallout, that this is the best place to be at this time. You know, nuclear war is, is upon us. Like, nuclear war is right around the corner. Yeah, because this was, what, this was what, the 70s? Yeah, this like time? mid-70s, late mm-hmm. 70s. And so these people were like, okay, maybe he's right, you know, like, we're safe at least. Because Because yeah. like, it can't get, you know, if, if we leave and then there's nuclear holocausts, we'll regret leaving. Yeah. So... Now we're going to talk about all oh, the congressmen leading up to the final days of Jonestown. So, there was a congressman named Leo Ryan who announced that he would visit Jonestown. Ryan was friends with father of Bob Houston, a temple member in California, whose mutilated body was found near train tracks in 1976, 3 days after a taped telephone conversation with his ex-wife in which leaving the temple was discussed. So Ryan's interest was further aroused by allegations put forth by the concerned relatives of people who lived in Jonestown. So basically he decided to visit Guyana to make sure everyone was safe and to make sure that the allegations were or weren't true. So when they got down there, basically they flew down to that airstrip and uh, only Ryan and three others were initially accepted into Jonestown. Once they got there, And they realized things were like, okay, seemingly they, all the other people like from NBC, like the news reporters and stuff were allowed to go into Jonestown as well. So once there, you know, Ryan stayed one night in Jonestown and many of the defectors told him that they wanted to leave in secret. So, you know, one of the people who actually ended up being a survivor slipped him a note and That said like we want to leave and come to find out many other people did the same thing they were like I want to go home can you please take me home and him sort of being the protector of you know this group from the United States they felt safe with him So, so he's like yes we'll get you out of here we have two planes come with us tomorrow morning and we'll go home safely tomorrow and a lot of the people who were defectors kind of knew that waiting was not really an option with Jim Jones. Mm -hmm. They felt a lot of tension with the U S now being in Jonestown. So, you know, they, they were like, we have to leave tonight. And Congressman Ryan was like, no, we're going to stay here. It's okay. We're going to find everyone who wants to go home and we'll bring them home tomorrow. So Congressman Ryan actually did, you know, interview a lot of people and ask them. And there were a lot of people who said like, I love it here. This is the happiest I've ever been. I want to stay, but there were also many people who wanted to leave. And their thought is that a lot of the people that said they wanted to stay were sort of felt pressured into saying that. So not everybody. Yeah.
0: I mean, this. it's funny how much of this stuff also rings true of like, sort of like abusive relationship type stuff where it's sort of like, the vicious cycle, of like you know, like oh, uh, you, you can't leave because if I leave, they're gonna do something to me. So, exactly, like uh, outwardly, like oh, everything's great, you know, oh, it's so good. And then it's like,
1: get the fuck out of here. Yeah, you know? I mean, even the like, people who said they were gonna leave, they knew something was coming. It's like, mm-hmm. we have to leave tonight or else yeah. we're gonna die. Yeah, like we're not gonna get away with this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right, it's yeah. kind of that like weird mm-hmm. pressure of being mm-hmm. in a situation where you're kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. So, the next day, while most of the Ryan delegation began to depart on a large dump truck to the airstrip, Ryan stayed behind in Jonestown to process any additional defectors, which were growing by the minute. So, Mm -hmm. as people were leaving, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, I'll go too. Mm -hmm. And emotions were running very high. You know, they wanted to take the kids home because there were a lot of children here that, that felt were unsafe. So... You know, people are like, my baby, my baby, like, don't don't take my baby. Okay, so people were starting to leave. Emotions were running high. And shortly after the dump truck left, one of the temple members grabbed Congressman Ryan while wielding a knife and tried to, like, slit his throat. There was a little scuffle, Um, but nothing actually happened. It kind of freaked Ryan out, though. Uh, yeah so uh, maybe I yeah, would be a little freaked probably, out too probably would freak as a knife
0: wielding out. asshole I would also be <laughs> freaked out yeah Brian <laughs> got a knife and uh, now he's a knife yeah, wielding a knife asshole yeah I me right now just to, uh, that's why the energy level is real tense right now because I just have a knife <laughs> on both Jack and Bobby times. right
1: now Brent, are you sure you weren't the one there oh man he's got the knife I got out the knife pointing out. at us and, uh, yeah so maybe you <laughs> maybe should
0: maybe you should just keep the, going with the podcast the
1: weirdest
0: thing that has ever happened I know it's so not
1: Brent, It's so not Brent, but it's so funny. I fun. used to open boxes, but, you know. That's true. So, but, you know. this is where it's also threatening
2: people. You're looking like a box there, Bob, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so basically after this, you know, Ryan was kind of freaked out. So he's like, all right, you know what? I'm going to go back to the airstrip. And, you know, rightfully so, he went into the dump truck. So So they went back to the airstrip and, you know, to safely leave with some of the defectors. When all of a sudden they were about to take off and a tractor with a trailer attached, driven by members of the temple security squad arrived at the airstrip and approached the planes. When the tractor neared within proximity of 30 feet, they opened fire with shotguns, handguns and rifles. This killed Congressman Ryan and some of the NBC employees. So as you see, we have a picture on our slideshow of the attack at the airstrip. And so obviously this is uh this is not good. This is uh Jim Jones told his security to go kill these people. And basically this is where things took a really dark turn because now there was no way out. You know, Jim kind of put them in a situation where now they were enemies of the United States because they killed a congressman. They, mur- yeah. they straight up murdered this congressman. Yeah. You, you giving guess. the people no choice but to either flee or do what Jim wanted them to do, which in this case was commit a revolutionary suicide pact where everyone in the People's Temple living in Jonestown would all kill themselves at once. So he convinced them that due to the death of Congressman Ryan, they wouldn't survive a government attack. He convinced them that the mission of Jones, Jonestown had now failed. There was nowhere left to go. Uh, they, he convinced them that it was better to die, to lay your life down and die in peace than to have your life taken from someone else. Um, and a lot of these people kind of, felt like they had no choice because they were all malnourished. You know, he was underfeeding everybody and there was no way to sustain their life to feed the children. And, you know, a lot of people who felt strongly about this movement felt like it was a a big act of revolution, big rebellion. So basically I have here an audio clip from Jim Jones, they call it Jim Jones's death tape. And it's a clip from the events leading up to everybody drinking cyanide-laced Kool-Aid.
0: Not Kool-Aid-laced cyanide.
1: Kool-Aid-laced cyanide, thank mm. you, Jack. Yeah, I know.
0: The, the true killer. Wait, Kool-Aid-laced Kool-Aid. with cyanide. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. You lace cyanide with Kool-Aid and it becomes deadly. You know, the Kool-Aid is the real culprit. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. The that it. sugar water? <laughs> what does
1: this taste like? Green? <laughs> <laughs> this green flavor? What's green. interesting is that it actually wasn't Kool Aid, it was just like a juice. Mm. Um, Obviously, people just like it's—it's basically fruit punch. So
0: basically, they were just trying to assassinate the character of Kool Aid, which I don't appreciate. (laughs) I mean, do you think the Kool Aid -Aid man go way back? (laughs) Do you think the uh, the Kool Aid PR people are like?
2: Fuck. <laughs> yeah, after Fuck, How, Damn it. Fuck. <laughs> no, it wasn't weird. even Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah, guys, <laughs> it
0: wasn't us. Maybe that's why they invented the Kool-Aid man, to reinvent their image. Like, no, it's cool, man. We have <laughs> got this, like, hip dude who <laughs> busts cool. fucking walls. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: This is basically a clip of Jones convincing, in the middle of convincing the people to lay down their life for him. Uh, and in this clip, one of the the temple followers who sort of didn't want to go through with it was speaking up her thoughts and so let's take a listen to this
3: we're not you think russia's gonna want us with all this stigma we had we had some value but now we don't have any value well i don't see it like that i mean i feel like that as long as there's life there's hope that's my faith. well some everybody dies someplace that hope runs out because everybody dies I haven't seen anybody yet didn't die. And i like to choose my own kind of death for a change. I'm tired of being tormented to hell, that's what I'm tired of. Tired of it. Twelve hundred people's lives in my hands, and I certainly don't want your life in my hand. But I'm going to tell you, Christine, without me, life has no meaning. I'm the best friend you'll ever have. I have to pay. I'm standing with you, Jara. I'm standing with those people. They're part of me. I can detach myself. My attorney says, detach myself. No, 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 no. I never detached myself from any of your troubles. I've always taken your troubles right on my shoulders. And I'm not going to change that now. It's too late. I've been running too long. not going to change now. Maybe the next time you get to go to Russia, the next time around, this is, what I'm talking about now is in the dispensation of judgment. This is, a revolutionary, this is a revolutionary suicide council. I'm not talking about self-destruction. Self I'm talking about, but we have no other road. I will take your, your call, we will put it to the Russians, and I can tell you the answer now because I'm a prophet. Call the Russians and tell them to see if they'll take us. I said I'm afraid to die. I don't by think no you means. are. I don't think you are. But uh, I look at our babies and I think they deserve I, to live. I agree. You know. They des- but also they deserve what's more they deserve peace. We all came here for peace. And we have we had it? No. I tried to give it to you. I've laid down my life practically. I've practically died every day to give you peace. And you still not had any peace. You look better than I've seen you in a long while, but it's still not the kind of peace that I wanted to give you. A person's a fool that continues to say that you're a winner when you're losing.
1: Yeah. So what'd you guys think of that?
2: Um, <clears throat> it's the creepiest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, we if you listen all the way to the end i don't know if you have have you listened to the whole yeah, thing i listened to the whole thing um, i just I, obviously it's like
1: it's like a 44 oh,
2: minute long yeah, clip it's super so. long and the thing is is it's it's got this weird like otherworldly vibe to it too mm. because the tape uh that they recorded on they recorded over their church music tape <gasps>
1: That's why you can hear, and hear so music, that's in the why you can
2: hear the music in the background, and so it just like gives it this extra level of like I was wondering what that was all about, freaking creepiness, and the fact that he's like talking about how how like without him their life is meaningless, and he's, how he's like, a prophet. Yeah, he's like, I'll tell you what I know what
1: they're gonna say because I'm a prophet. Yeah, like the woman was arguing that like there was another option, not to commit revolutionary suicide, but to go to Russia. Yeah. And he's like, I can tell you right now, they're not going to answer your call because I'm a prophet and I know what's going to happen. I think either
2: before this or after the clip that we just heard, um, she's like, what happened to the Russian helicopter? And he's like, there is no Russian helicopter. Yeah. The, the Russians aren't coming. Like, there's right. no Russians. It's, Which means
1: it's, he lied, lied to them this yeah, whole time. Yeah, yeah.
2: He's like, the, cause he, yeah, because the whole time he'd been talking about like how they have this connection with Russia, but actually they have no connection with Russia. Yeah
1: um so it's, it's i think the saddest part about that is when you know the woman brings up the babies and how she wants them to live and he's like nope they uh they have to die because it's the only way for them to to, to be free to be in he, peace he
2: says it's later in the clip he says it's better to die um in freedom than live um in in american like capitalism yeah um and it's just so and then like If you listen to the very end, um, you hear freaking Zach's over there laughing at something, (laughs) laughing at something. Yeah, you think mass suicide is funny, funny, Zach? You think it's funny? What the heck, Zach? That's fucked up. That's fucked up.
0: Stop. (laughs) Stop.
2: Um, So (laughs) if you listen to the very end, Mm -hmm. um, you can hear children crying. It's so messed Um, up. You can hear children screaming. Yeah, children screaming and crying and people like all up in an uproar. And then Jim Jones is like, please, everyone, control your children. Like, Let them die peacefully with dignity. Have Mm -hmm. them stop crying. And he's like, they're not crying because it hurts. They're crying because it tastes bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're like, oh, my God, this is.
1: Right. Basically, this is the point where the residents of the commune committed suicide by drinking the flavored beverage laced with. Potassium cyanide. Some were forced to drink it. A third of the victims were children. So 304 of the victims were children. People were crying. Children were crying. And like you were saying, Jack Jones told the people not to tell the children they were dying and not to tell them that it was painful. Um, So like you can hear him saying this. Don't tell the children they're dying as these people are feeding kids poison. And so for the infants and the really small kids... A syringe without a needle was used as a a squirt, like, to squirt poison into their mouths. Um, A lot of people, like this woman who we heard, were forced down against their will and were injected with needles. Um, Many of the people didn't want to do this, but they were kind of forced.
0: Yeah, so... This is a part of it that always kind of strikes me when when kind of looking into this whole Jonestown thing is how much of it is like really is less of a mass suicide and more of a mass murder. Yeah, like everyone kind of characterizes it like, oh, they all drank the Kool-Aid and killed themselves. But it's like, that's not really the whole story. Like, it's yeah. really a lot of people were forced to kill them, quote unquote, kill themselves or were basically murdered. Like you said, were injected like against their will. Right. So it's. To me, like, um, categorizing it as a mass suicide is sort of like a disingenuous representation of what actually happened there. I believe, yeah. I believe it
1: was a mass murder.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I think that even the people who did willingly drink the Kool Aid, mm-hmm. a lot of them probably felt like they had no choice. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know. you're underfed, you're in this situation where if you don't, you're. Going to and then you just witness like
0: them like murder, or maybe not like eyewitness, but like you know that like they just murdered like yeah. like a congressman and yeah. like a yeah. bunch of news reporters. At like the, uh, at that point, like how do you not just assume like if you don't go along, if you're dead anyway. Yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah. At, I mean, at there's the beginning,
2: people- they uh, at the beginning of the, of the audio clip, they he, he the first thing he says is like the congressman is dead. The <laughs> congressman is dead, and we have and, and the Americans are coming. We have to go now. Um, and it's just so, it's so deeply haunting.
1: Yeah, I mean, another part of it, too, is, um, like, there were people standing around the pavilion with guns. Mm-hmm. Like, his security. Like, Jim Jones's security. And what are you going to do in that situation? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Try to run?
0: Yeah, I mean, like you said, if you're malnourished, like, how do you think you're going to be able to escape? Like, if you're too weak to even, like, run away, you know?
2: Yeah. I, I mean, know a lot of the survivors were... um People who like hid around yep. the compound who mm-hmm. like didn't, um, were people who like knew what was going on and just like didn't go to this meeting. Yeah. I'm um, in hid elsewhere. Right. Um,
1: I think there, I have to imagine that some people faked being dead. I can't imagine that, like, I, I, all I could think is that if I were in this situation, I would take the drink and pretend to drink it and just lay down. Yeah, but what? I don't it's know. tough because, like, from
0: what I understand too, is that like the, the some of the armed guards were like inspecting people, to really? make sure like if they're they had the foam in the mouth from the cyanide and stuff. Oh. And yeah, so it was like, yeah, it's it's a nightmare. It's the whole thing is just a fucking nightmare.
1: Yeah, I think that the the most pathetic part of the whole thing is that Jim Jones didn't even have the sort of. Guts. I don't want to say guts. It's like the wrong term. But he didn't even drink the the Kool Aid. Mm-hmm. He ended up um, having to be shot by one of the other followers in the head, mm-hmm. and he couldn't even shoot shoot himself. Like he he didn't even end up killing himself. And that's probably one of the bigger things to me is like. He well, wants everyone to, to lay their life down for him, but he won't lay you his You know, own this life. is a
0: funny thing because I, I think it becomes very obvious from hearing about Jim Jones that this man was a narcissist. Yes. And one of the interesting things you hear about narcissists is just that, like, the thing they value most, obviously, is themselves. So, yeah. like, they can't, like, get rid of the thing, the one thing that's the most important to them, which is the self, yeah. you know? So, it's not surprising to me that he couldn't actually follow through with it on himself because, right. yeah, you know?
1: It's it's so messed up because of everything he says. Yeah, when you have
0: toxic narcissism like that, it's just, oof.
1: Like, he wants all well, these good kids. thing we don't have
0: any people like that nowadays <laughs> with toxic narcissism. God, we don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah. A close topical here. Ooh, <laughs> right. Biting <Yeah>. social commentary. <laughs> yeah.
2: I am obsessed with myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was directed at Jack in case you were
2: wondering. Yeah. Yeah. It's biting. I'm not yeah. going to lie. It yeah. stinks.
1: Now, if you're following along on Patreon, there are some really dark images I'm that we have. I'm not putting these on Patreon. Uh, I don't think I want to put yeah, these Yeah, probably not Patreon. a good idea. It's, well, yeah, oh, we're,
0: yeah, we're looking at some. If you've ever looked into the Jonestown thing at all, the, these are probably yeah. the images you see because it's if just you, so stark and you really terrifying.
2: If really want to, to see it, you can Google it, but I'm, I don't think I want to put yeah, there's this one pretty we may show yeah, this one this one sees. Yeah, this
1: is- so we have one of the, a lot of the victims, not even close to all the victims. Yeah, there was almost a thousand people yeah. at the end of there it. There were over nine hundred people who, who ended up dying in this situation. And it's just completely tragic. It's so sad. Like I watched a documentary about it um the other night. It was a really good documentary. Horrible acting. It was like one of those like
0: – Oh, but they had dramatizations yeah, in it and stuff. I hate dramatizations. Recreated. It was
1: so badly acted, but mm-hmm. the documentary was really informative, and uh, it really did feel like you kind of got to see this progression of how things went. Um, and it's so sad. At the end of it, I was like, oh, my God, this, is, this really happened. Like how? did this, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine it. 300 kids who did not know what they were in, what situation they were in. Yeah, they didn't
0: had no choice in the
1: matter, you know? Oh, Yeah. It's horrible. So, that's the whole story, basically. Um, there were survivors, like I said. Jim Jones' son survived, and he's kind of around to tell the tale.
0: Right, wasn't it this, the situation there was that uh, Jim, uh, his mother... Yes. Um, Jim Jones, I don't actually know her name. I often. forget her name, too, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, his, Jim Jones' wife basically sent
1: their son away because she kind of had an idea of like what was coming. Yeah, she so basically he was like part of this like basketball team that a bunch of the younger guys in the in the town started, mm-hmm. and they had a chance to like play against one of the Georgetown like basketball teams, which is a actual town sort of near Jonestown ish. Mm-hmm. So the mother sent him away so that while all this was happening, he would be spared because she felt the tension coming. Dang. And it's actually really interesting. There was a house in Georgetown that was sort of meant to be a stopping point for, you know, people from Jonestown to visit whenever they needed to, like, discuss things with the government mm-hmm. of Guyana. And, because Georgetown is the capital of Guyana. And one of the there was a woman who lived there who was sort of like uh, a a zealot of Jim Jones. Like she was like a really big person in their the people's temple. And she sort of like held the ground of that house. They had a house there. She had a family there with two young kids and a daughter and the father of that daughter, he went down to visit her and he had dinner with her. And they got the call for to commit the suicide. So the daughter casually walked the father outside. I was like, I'll see you tomorrow, dad. And the dad left and was all excited to see his daughter the next day. And they went back in the house. The mother grabbed a knife, took them all upstairs, killed the two, two young kids with the knife. And then they slit each other's throats, the mother and the daughter in the house and it's just like i can't even imagine people the the daughter was only 21 years old and she just was so willing to do this for for their cause
0: i don't feel as comfortable now that i brought my little goofy knife into the studio for a joke oh jeez i forgot (laughs) about
1: that
0: no i wish i just left that i'm like not so
1: so funny now no it's it's really sad it's really sad the whole thing and this father you know he's still to this day is obviously tormented by this whole situation yeah um for people to willingly i mean it was it was the people who were really devoted who were willingly like not pressured to do this mm-hmm. you know um
2: yeah well you you kind of have to like think about why because it's it, it, it's like when you so blindly think that this Is the right answer for life you know like at that point it doesn't matter
1: essentially and one of jim's big arguments too was like better to kill ourselves than to to create violence with more people and you know multiply the death counts
2: which is you know almost a legitimate point but not really (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean,
1: life's a life.
0: You could also just like let everyone go, and then yeah. no one yeah, has there to is, die. There is no there. There is <laughs> you no. You could just turn option. yourself in, and literally no one else has. That's to That's a big die. part
1: of it. I think his son has talked about this, but he thinks that his his father Jim Jones was very. He had no way of leaving the earth alone. He had no intentions of leaving this earth alone. Mm-hmm. You know, he was ready for his life to end, mm-hmm. and that mean everybody. That meant well, yeah, everybody he, had to be ready. He had that lung thing too. Yeah, yeah he he knew. The end was near for him and he was not going to go down by himself. Right. And so if he's going to die, everyone's got to die. And I think that gave him comfort, yeah. which is really scary to have a person like that in charge of people who just wanted to do the right thing.
0: Yeah. who are just trying to fight for, you know, equality and I you think know, that's one of the big, social and economic equality, you know?
1: Yeah. I think that's one of the big misconceptions with the stories. People hear 900 900 lives taken in mass suicide. And you think, oh, wow, these people all killed themselves. So it was their fault, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, no, like a lot of these people were murdered.
2: Yeah. And, but I don't think I've ever heard anyone just blame the entire people.
1: Well, like the saying, drink the Kool-Aid, right? Mm-hmm. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Well, that's or like, like drinking that's the so, Kool-Aid. it's so
2: far removed from it now. that Right. It's it, like, that's what I'm saying though. It's the like same thing.
1: the meaning has taken a new, a new level of like, you know, willingly walking into this situation when, it was a much different situation that they walked into. Yeah, where they ended and,
0: up. yeah, and when you're devoid it from context, like this is not something that happened overnight. You right. know? we're talking over years and years that these yeah. people were followers, and when they joined it at the beginning, you know, there's all the best intentions, seemingly. Right. You know, at least from an outsider's perspective, I guess. You know, right. you're going into this thing thinking you're gonna be fighting for your rights as a human being that are being denied to you, and you know, yeah. having this sort of like community structure to, like, lift everybody up to try to, like, make a better life for yourself and your family and your community, and it turns into a mass murder in yeah. Guyana. It's, uh, yeah.
1: There was a, you know, there was a line that that they, you know, had for what, what morally they didn't want to, like, a moral line that they didn't want to cross, and that line kept getting moved, you know, a little bit every, mm-hmm. every... Every year, Jim would push that line further and further.
0: Yeah, I and mean, it's,
1: it's tough because if you're and in that situation, I, I,
0: I hate to make it political, but like you see that now, yeah, like you the do. line of like what's acceptable, what's okay, is keeps yeah. getting pushed and pushed. You know, I mean, like you know, just like everything that's going on right now, we, we right now we literally have families and children in cages at the U.S. Mexico border, mm. and it just seems like every day right. we have a crazier and crazier thing happens to the point where you, you sort of forget that like right now there are literally thousands of kids who are like being held in a cage yeah. right now and
1: it's like it's one small step at a time and you don't really realize it until you look back and you're mm-hmm. like oh
0: yeah i mean we're at a point in history assuming that like the, we don't completely destroy the world we're living on in the next <laughs> 50 years but yeah. like if we like somehow manage to get it enough, together enough to like you know Course correct. What the way we're going? I definitely think we're going to look back at this age we're at right now in a similar view as like yeah. we did with like this time in the seventies and right. late sixties, and be like, "What the fuck was going on?" Yeah, you what, know? How do we not oh, yeah. stop? How this? do people so not sure. do anything about it? Because you know? like, it's just
1: it's just entirely absurd. Yeah. Basically. I think another interesting thing to talk about as well with this situation is like it's like kind of the worst form of peer pressure in a way. Because, you know, you're in a group setting, everyone's doing something, and you're kind of expected by your peers to also do this thing. And, you know, we, we kind of talked about this uh, a little bit with, uh, there was like a Vsauce yeah it, video. It was a
0: minefield one where yeah. they were sort of talking about that experiment of like, Um, basically, you know, they would like present these like simple math problems to a group of people and only one person was actually being tested. Mm. And so everyone else in sort of like the the focus group or whatever you would call it, like the the sample group would be presented this math problem and would purposely give the same wrong answer.
1: Yeah.
0: And so then that creates this peer pressure situation for the one person who's not in on it to be like, wait. Why is everyone giving the wrong answer? And a lot of people would also give the wrong answer. Yeah. really just, basic stuff, like, what's yeah. two plus two? And everyone would be like, five, five, yeah. five. And then you get to the one person who's not in on it and they'd just be like,
1: five? Yeah. You know, cause yeah. Like, because at, people don't want to feel left out. Yeah. yeah. At
2: first, they start, they start um yeah. like giving the right answers. But then, like, I can't remember if there's anything like, if there's any response from the question giver after mm-hmm. they, um, after they after they gave their answers, I uh, um, because I feel like I feel like if they did, it would be important. You
0: know, I feel like right. I might remember that. Yeah, I haven't watched the episode in a while now, but yeah. it was. But anyway, yeah, it was just. Yeah,
1: yeah that's it's like a weird. small scale version of this. I think. Uh, to, yeah. To me, if you're in that situation, you know, you never know yeah. what you're going to do. And well,
2: I, you can f- boil down any any human action ever to yeah. to that basic principle of humans don't like being left out. Mm-hmm. Right is. Everything. Our entire culture is based yeah. off of that right now. is right. like humans don't like being left out. Like that's why we have all of these name brands and it's why we have all of these. Yeah, FOMO, it's why we man. have identity politics yeah, 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 map, and you know? why there's all this right. like different stuff is because it boils down to the fact of like, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how independent of a human being you are hmm. like you it's, it's, it's
1: part of human nature to not want to be the odd one out. And you know, we, say that oh if i was in that situation i wouldn't do that but, but you really totally don't know Would you totally would yeah. i feel like we've totally talked about this on the podcast before it be where out. it's like
2: people who have been like oh if i was in the 1800s i wouldn't be a racist slave owner it's like well most likely you would be though yeah. that's what it was because that's what, that's like what you, it was you hope to believe
1: that you wouldn't you wouldn't be yeah. but I mean, the other thing,
2: too, is you get into the fact of like hatred and racism isn't you're not born with it. It's taught. So Mm -hmm. that's the other thing. Like, yes, if you took yourself right now and put yourself there, obviously you would have your modern
1: day values. But if you were raised in that time, Mm -hmm. you would um, like it makes me wonder what things we'll look back on, like kind of what Brent was saying. We'll look back on in 30 years and say, like, wow, I can't believe the people of that time did that. It's like that we don't even know that we're doing wrong, mm-hmm. you know,
2: stuff. Yeah. Something that was funny was um. this is like this isn't really about like political climates or social climates or anything. But like yeah, I saw this this thing one time where someone was like, oh, I wonder if in a 100 years they're going to look back and be like they really thought that radiation would cure cancer. Mm-hmm. um yeah. and it's kind of like one of those mm-hmm. things where like you, you like you look back in the past and you're like oh well, these people thought that like you had bad blood in you and that's what was making you yeah, sick yeah i know
0: the radiation would be like the leeches
2: of <laughs> yeah. our time you know there's
1: so, like, thing. people would use like lead to like you know help try to heal people for things and it's like oh uh,
0: give me a poisoning. nice little like drill a hole in your skull to release right. some brain pressure you know
1: yeah. yeah i mean like literally you go to the dentist and you that you have to get, you have to get like an anti-radiation blanket on you before you get your teeth scanned, mm-hmm. because yeah. the radiation can cause damage. And it's like, I have wait. a dentist appointment next week. Oh, fun! Really? And
2: by dentist appointment, I mean I'm getting my freaking wisdom teeth taken out, oh, buddy. Can we oh. can
1: we do a pod while you're high on your wisdom teeth medication? Wait. That'd be so fun. Okay, well, do you,
2: I'm getting them out at I'm 8 a.m. next
1: week. I'm your. <laughs> bristles toothbrush bristles B, bobby that's sick
2: that's good um, i wouldn't even be able to talk
1: i like straight up wouldn't be able to talk can you at least videotape it because that's sometimes those videos are really funny so yeah that was the jonestown massacre um yeah i mean i i really feel like it was a mass murder i just want people to know that i think that that's important um for no, people it can be, to it can be both still. i think some people did drink the kool-aid willingly and and under the circumstances where they were like totally in it um as you can hear in the background there's a lot of people you know in that audio clip that are like yeah like yeah. kind of like totally I mean, fighting I for think,
2: that i think the whole i i don't know I, you just obviously have to understand context like right. i don't know i think the like mass murder mass suicide i think it's like semantics honestly yeah Um, like it doesn't matter what word
0: you call it as long as you know what happened. Yeah, but that's the problem is I think that a lot of people don't actually know what happened. They just know kind of like the bullet points, you know, like, oh yeah, a bunch of people, they were crazy cult, moved to South America, killed themselves. Right. And Uh, I think that like really removes the
1: context that's like really important for really understanding what happened here. Because these people, a lot of them were victims and, you know, the world's, not everybody sees them as victims, and that's that's why I have this picture of all the victims. Not all of them, but a lot mm-hmm. of them up on the screen. It's just because you look at this and you realize that they were real people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were put in this situation, and it's just so insane. And, you know, I'm glad some people got out of it. Um, that's some scary stuff. And yeah. it's interesting that there people lived to tell the tale and how crazy this whole thing seems. Um, but yeah, I mean... It all, it all seems crazy when it's all over, but sometimes yeah. when you're in the midst of it, yeah, it doesn't seem crazy.
0: Yeah, so, but important lesson to take, I guess, you know, just be mindful, mm-hmm. be aware of what's going on around you, and try don't, not to let these sort of things happen, you know? Don't yeah. join a cult. Don't join a cult. Unless it's mm-hmm. the cult of the brain boggle.
2: Yes, that, of <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, speaking of not, speaking of making sure you feel included, what are you doing if you're not a Patreon? You got to make sure you feel you feel included.
2: Yeah, don't feel <laughs> don't be the odd one out. Yeah, we, we got bonus content. Join the you,
0: Patreon. You, you, you just, right now only a few people actually get to hear that bonus content. Don't you nah. want to hear these bonus
1: episodes know, of Brain that you can only
0: hear if you're a Patreon supporter?
1: Like, if you have any desire to go to McDonald's this week, just stop don't. what you're doing. Take that money. Give it to us. Give it to, us. <laughs> <laughs> give it to us. you don't even have
0: to give us all that money. No. Just a buckaroo
1: just a and yeah. you get a Buckaroos. bonus F or yeah. two. And we want to earn your love. We want to <laughs> earn your money. So make sure that you check out our Patreon and uh, communicate with us. Yeah. With merch. Us. You know, if and you also buy our
2: merch. Buy our merch. Do you want to rep the brand? We got Bobby and Brent yeah. matching right now. Yeah, Me and Brent
1: are matching. We're both wearing our long-sleeve brain bottle shirts, which <laughs> are online now. And I, I think they're shirts.
2: pretty cool. I love those shirts. Yeah, They're pretty dope. Today, my mom bought a beanie it was deli- <gasps> well she didn't buy it today but it got delivered today yeah, that's awesome um currently uh b- i guess she just gave it to my sister's boyfriend adam so, Oh my god so adam thanks for advertising for yeah, to, uh, that merch
1: buddy yeah, have adam send us a picture we'll post it on the gram <laughs> nah, on the story no nah, you don't want to look at him okay nah, i'm just okay. kidding <laughs> yikes. sorry yikes, nah, adam.
2: yikes. Nah, you're a cool guy adam
1: if you have any ideas for podcast episodes please feel free to, sh- to send us an email at BrainbogglePodcast at gmail.com
2: and that's
1: yeah, uh, podcast at gmail. Like yeah, it's brain
2: boggled. Um, our Instagram is Brainboggled on Instagram. Our Twitter is at BrainboggledPod. Uh, check us out on all those social media. Give us yes. a follow. Drop us a like, tweet us a tweet. Go mm. check out our
1: memes, which I don't know what the meme is going to be for this episode, but yeah. I, I'm feeling, like a, how do we make this one maybe, funny? Maybe yeah. yeah. I'm feeling uh, this is kind of yeah. not a memey. It's not a memey one. Maybe
2: we do something. We'll talk about it. We'll yeah, talk we'll about talk about it. it yeah. But um yeah. Also, I'm doing this on pod to to hold you accountable for it. What? But I've had three people now tell me about that they want to buy a brain up sweatshirt in the color that I have, but apparently it's not, it's not. Oh, right. You've already talked to me about this for
1: now. It's called out on the pod. I have to
2: do it. Yeah. My mom was like,
1: I couldn't get the color that you have. I thought I could have sworn I added it, but I'll I'll check again. Also, Aaron of Zach
2: and Aaron too wanted Mm -hmm. that color. Oh, Mm -hmm. I don't know how I got it. If it's not, I think available. I special
1: ordered it for you, Jack. Yeah, but kiss, love you, Jack. Love you you, Jack. Freak. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Brain hey Boggled. Hey I've been your. Thank you for listening to this episode. Of Brain hey guys, Boggle. thank you for listening to this. Episode of I've, I've been we your. Don't do that anymore. We don't do that anymore. Oh yeah, we don't do it at the end. We're love do anymore
2: love anymore <laughs> you. Run out of, we're running out of words. <laughs> All right, bye. See you buh, next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.